I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is the Delaware State Champion of the 13th Annual Poetry Out Loud Recitation Competition, Sam McGarvey, a sophomore at Tall Oaks Classical School. Welcome, Sam. Uh, hi, thank you so much for having I'm, me. I'm so glad you could join us today. Uh, you're heading down to Washington, D.C. in a few days for the national competition competing against, uh, what, 50-some other students from the other 49 states plus a couple of the uh, U.S. territories. Virgin Islands and Washington, D.C. Okay, so uh, a total of 52 competing. Um, but you are the state champion this year. Uh, in Delaware, and I understand, well, I know because we participate in the program, uh, that you participated last year as well. Uh, for our listeners, a little bit about Poetry Out Loud. It is uh, this year in its 13th year. It is a high school poetry recitation competition uh, that is sponsored by the Poetry Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts. And we at the Division of the Arts here in Delaware are the state partner in uh, launching this program. And uh, it really is an exciting opportunity for high school students throughout the state to participate in poetry recitation, selecting from oh, hundred, literally hundreds of poems that have been uh, uh, curated by the Poetry Foundation. I believe around 900. 900 poems, and, and you selected three, three for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into that selection process because it really is a fascinating one. Uh, I believe you competed this year in Delaware against 20 or 21 students at the semifinals, and then I think 12 students. I believe right, so. Yeah, right at, at, at the finals. Yeah. So so let's let's get into let's get into the details of of you, Sam, because that's much more interesting than than the the generics of of the program as a whole. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your involvement in this. It's your second year. What sort of intrigued you with Poetry Out Loud, and how does it sort of connect to what your interests are in school? Well, first of all, I am the theater geek of theater geeks. <laughs> uh, absolutely just love that whole world. Just ever since like I came out of the womb as an actor, that was just <laughs> how it went. And uh, so opportunities for that through school, with musicals, outside of school. And then with Tall Oaks specifically, for poetry, there is a part of the curriculum called Fine Arts, which every single year, it's a K through 12 school. So you are required to memorize and present a poem in front of a panel of judges as simply part of the curriculum. It's not extracurricular it's something that every student has to do at some point and so through that is how I became sort of comfortable with poetry itself and interested in it through being able to see all these different performances throughout the years and seeing some great performers at our school and that got me intrigued so then from there uh, performing these poems through fine arts myself and then our literature teacher at the time, Mr. Rapon, he had sent out an email to people he thought might be interested in participating in Poetry Out Loud. Uh, so we saw that, and at about the high school level, the poems can be upwards of 500 words or so. So Poetry Out Loud, the word count is 
much less significant. So it didn't seem as some insurmountable object. So when he sent out the email, uh, we looked at it. We thought it might be fun to participate. So I ended up doing that the first year, my freshman year. There was a senior at the time named uh, Connor Turley. She had won the past three years, her freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And then my freshman year, I came in and won the school competition. And then from there, went to the semifinals. I believe it was 27 schools that year. And then they narrowed it down to 12 and then to six at the finals and then to the three. And that first year, I got third place in the state, which I was incredibly excited about. That was mm-hmm. a really fun experience. As a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. And then this year... Uh, Mr. Upon emailed me once again and just asked if I would like to uh, maintain my title as school champion. So I ended up competing and winning Tall Oaks and then winning the state, which was surreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting you mentioned this. So it sounds like this is an experience that all of your classmates have outside mm-hmm. of the Poetry Out Loud program, Absolutely. which is really interesting. So most of the students you are competing against are students who are interested in poetry but don't necessarily have this opportunity Correct. on a regular basis as part of their curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, is I, I'm just curious, is, is that part of the... Uh, 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 well, you mentioned this is part of the curriculum. Is is that kind of more of a uh, in the vein of the the classical education a structure of what Tall Oaks offers? I believe so. I would say one thing that's very important to the classical education is the arts is a part of the education. There is a required drama class in sixth and seventh grade. I believe we take logic classes. We take uh, required chorus and music classes, art classes, where it's just classes that would normally be outside of school according to people's specific interests are built into the curriculum so everyone gets kind of a taste of all these different areas to find out what they like. Mm -hmm. So classical is not just a word in the name of the school. It really is part of the philosophy of the school. Correct. Yeah, that, that's really that's fascinating. Now, uh, with your involvement in the uh, in the program, you said there are over nine hundred poems to select from. How do you narrow that down to three? Uh, it's an <laughs> incredibly long and difficult process. What we ended up doing is just it takes just so many hours of just flipping through all of these different poems, trying to figure out which one most specifically kind of speaks to you that you feel that you could perform well. So what I did for the school competition, you only had to memorize two poems. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing Abandoned Farmhouse, and I remember, I remember, Abandoned Farmhouse by Ted Kuser, and I remember, I remember by Thomas Hood. So for that, I had just, it was relatively close to the competition, so just looking through the anthology, trying to decide uh, what exactly I wanted to do, and I came upon these two, and I thought that they would be uh, interesting to perform, and I felt that I could do a good job with them. So after the school competition, you have to add a third poem for the state and, if so, national competition. So for that, I actually, one of the school competitors did very large moth uh, by Craig Arnold mm-hmm. and 
I heard his performance, <clears throat> and I just thought, that is a fantastic poem. And I went up to him afterwards, and I asked, um, would you be all right if I performed this poem in state and just see where it goes? And he was like, absolutely, fair game. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm carrying it to nationals, really excited <clears throat> about it. It's a very fun poem. So then uh, going into the state competition, we had to have the three. So having those three competing in semis and finals, uh, you have to have the same three for the semifinals and the finals. But once it goes on to the national competition, you have the option to change any of your poems that you want to. So I ended up sticking with I Remember, I Remember by Thomas Hood and Very Large Moth by Craig Arnold. But most recently, I was able to add the poem Beautiful Wreckage by W.D. Earhart, which that was actually a really fun process. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out if we wanted what poems we wanted to replace, if we were going to replace. And then from there, just looking through hundreds of poems, just trying to figure out and we narrowed it down to about five or so, maybe. And then just going through those, trying to decide which would best fit in with kind of the order that I was doing. And then a really cool thing in doing some research about the poem is W.D. Earhart is still alive and well living in mm -hmm. the area, actually. So okay. we were able to get in contact with him and discuss the poem itself which was incredible uh, just to be able to actually speak with someone who you've kind of just had kind of out of, it was an out-of-body experience. It was, so it, it goes beyond just recitation. Absolutely. It really is literary analysis, mm -hmm. which, I mean, it's a fascinating right. opportunity for you. Well, what I'd like to do uh, before we take a, a station identification break is, is have you recite one of the poems, if you don't mind, uh, and then uh, we'll take a short break and then come back and, and talk about that poem and its selection and then uh, maybe go on to a second poem. Absolutely. So uh, let, let's hear your first one. So the first poem that I could do, it's I Remember, I Remember, discussed it earlier. It's by Thomas Hood. It's a more kind of reflective poem speaking to the experiences of an adult looking back at childhood and essentially discovering what he's lost in those years. So, I Remember, I Remember, by Thomas Hood. I remember, I remember the house where I was born, the little window where the sun came peeping in at morn. He never came a wink too soon, nor brought too long a day. But now, I often wish the night had borne my breath away. I remember, I remember the roses red and white the violets and the lily cups, those flowers made of light. The lilacs where the robin built, and where my brother set the laburnum on his birthday. The tree is living yet. I remember, I remember where I was used to swing, and thought the air must rush as fresh to swallows on the wing. My spirit flew in feathers then, that is so heavy now, and summer pools could hardly cool the fever on my brow.
I remember. I remember the fir trees, dark and high. I used to think their slender tops were close against the sky. It was a childish ignorance. But now, tis little joy to know I'm farther off from heaven than when I was a boy. Thank you. I would love to have more time to just ponder that, but I'm not allowed to have a lot of dead air time on the radio. Uh, a beautiful poem. Uh, what prompted you to select that one in particular? I would say we were just kind of looking through some poems. I stumbled upon it, and just reading through it, it is a very relatable poem for many people, I would say. is just kind of looking back at kind of the idea of ignorance is bliss surrounding childhood, and as you further get into the world and its many vices, it becomes more and more apparent how just how innocent childhood was. And seeing all of this violence and controversy these kind of days, it makes you want to just return to a simpler time. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in the competition, uh, both at the state and at the national level, you're you're judged on on uh, how you convey that you understand what you're saying. Right. Your, I think, your delivery, your enunciation, your posture, and overall performance. A number of criteria: the accuracy, accuracy. Uh, um, a, a number of criteria. Accuracy I, and overall performance, I believe, are the most heavily weighted. Of okay. All different. Okay. Now, I'm I'm curious because I've had conversations. My background is theater. Uh, and I've had some interesting conversations with uh, literary uh, individuals whose background is poetry, both writing and, and presenting poetry. And we've had some interesting discussions about how delivering a poem is different. From, while it's a performance art, it's different from theater. Absolutely. Um, have you had those discussions or, or how do you sort of balance that? Because you, you have a theater you know, experience as well. Absolutely. So... I would say that there is a significant difference between poetry recitation and simply theater dramatic acting. Um, with a poem, you more want the words themselves to be the focus rather than your performance. So you want the poem to speak through you rather, rather than you speaking the poem is kind of the idea. So... One thing you definitely need to shy away from is being over dramatic. You don't want to overdo a poem because then that puts the spotlight on you rather than on the poem itself. And then the meaning can become somewhat lost in the performance, which is what you're trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. Inter interesting. Uh uh, I want to make sure we don't run out of time. So why don't we go to your uh, the second poem uh, that you uh, you have ready for us for today? Absolutely. Which uh, again, I so these are two of the poems you're going to be doing in Washington. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So let let's hear the second one, and then we'll chat a little bit more. So the second one is "Very Large Moth" by Craig Arnold. After D H L. Your first thought. When the light snaps on and the black wings clatter about the kitchen is a bat. The clear part of your mind considers rabies. The other part, 
does not consider, knows only to startle and cower away from the slap of its wings, though it is soon clearly not a bat, but a moth, and harmless. Still you are shy of it. It clings to the hood of the stove, not black, but brown. Its orange eyes sparkle like televisions. Its leg joints are large enough to count. How could you kill it? Where would you hide the body? A creature so solid must have room for a soul. And if this is so, why not in a creature half its size, or half its size again, and so on down to the ants? Clearly, it must be saved. Caught in a shopping bag and rushed to the front door, afraid to crush it, feeling the plastic rattle loosened into the night air. It batters the porch light, throwing fitful shadows around the landing. That was a really big moth, is all you can say to the doorman, who has watched your whole performance with a smile. The half-compassion and half-horror we feel for the creatures we want not to hurt and prefer not to touch. A wonderful poem, uh, really in many ways lighthearted, but I think something that we can all relate to. We've all had that big moth in our house or, or the big spider or whatever it is. We didn't quite know what to do with it. Uh, now, I'm, I'm curious, Sam, uh, in your selection of the three poems, uh, clearly you, you wanted to select poems that you could relate to, that you felt audience could relate to. Are there any specific criteria that the Poetry Out Loud competition has for length of poem or any uh, 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 periods of, you know, po you know uh, whatever? Yes, so they have mainly two requirements, is that out of the three poems that you do have, or at the school level, the two, is one of them must be pre-20th century, and another one must be 25 lines or less is the requirement. So even in at the two-poem level, you could have one poem that fulfills both criteria, or you could have two poems that each fill one of them, or any number of the poems, as long as you have at least one that fills both criteria, then you're good. Okay. Now, it, at, the, uh, at the national competition, there's a semifinal and then a final. Mm -hmm. Finals round. Uh, do you do all three poems at the semifinal round, or how does that work? Do you have you you must know that by now, I assume. So the way I believe it works is: so we arrive on Monday, we get situated, and then on Tuesday they split us into three regions. With, mm -hmm. I'd say about eighteen states in each region. Mm -hmm. So then from there, I believe. In the morning is when the Region 1 is competing, which is the uh, East Coast and some northern states. Mm -hmm. So Region 1 is, I believe, competing from 9 to 12 on Tuesday. So how that will work is, I believe, everyone says their second, well, their first two poems. Okay. And then they narrow it down from 18 and then that group that they have selected will recite their third poems. 
and then from there they will choose the top three from the region and the top three will go on to compete on Wednesday in the national finals and then there's the top three and then there's the fourth place which the first second third and fourth in all three of the regions get a thousand dollars I think for their performance but the fourth place doesn't get the opportunity to go on to right, the national right. finals. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the finals, so there are nine students involved at, in the final round. Correct. Three from each of the three regions. And a top prize, am I right, is $20,000? $20,000. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's something at stake here. <laughs> and at the state level, I believe you got a couple hundred dollars. Is that right? 200 And your school got 500 for, mm-hmm. for, for poetry, uh, to pur- purchase of uh, poetry literature. Well, this is uh, uh, this is a great opportunity, I think, for you. Uh, we've got about a minute left, uh, just in, in 30 seconds or so. What have you gained from being involved in this program over the last two years? Oh, man, it's, it is such an incredible program. I'm so thankful for it. The community is so fantastic. Uh, I've met some incredible people through the Poetry Out Loud program, and it has helped me to further my uh, performing ability as well as my love for all areas of the arts. Well, that's great. Sam McGarvey, a sophomore at Tall Oaks Classical School, representing Delaware this next week at the national finals of the Poetry Out Loud competition. Sam, it's really been a pleasure having you in the studio today, and our best wishes for you in representing Delaware down in Washington, D.C. Thank you so very much.